Hey guys, this is Emma from The Horse Cure, the podcast for those of us who know that horses really are the cure for all that ails you. Today we hear from Virginia Lauridsen of Harmony Icelandics. Virginia is a jumper turned Icelandic horse promoter, breeder, trainer, and writer. Virginia shares how these hardy little horses have stolen her heart and why they are such a great horse for all ages and stages of horse people. I hope you enjoy our little chat. I want to start learning a little bit about you. Who is Virginia? How did you get into horses? Tell me a little about yourself. Well, I'm actually a classical singer by training. Oh, wow. I sang for over 20 years. I won the International Pavarotti Competition when I was quite young and wow. made my Carnegie Hall debut the next year. Oh, so goodness. in my in my 20s and 30s, I was mostly singing. I worked with an agent in New York and did a lot of concert work, did my apprenticeship at Lyric Opera of Chicago, and just traveled all over the place. Oh, my uh, goodness. Europe, the States, mostly singing. And then when I was in my mid-30s, late 30s, I married a man in Iowa, my sister-in-law was killed in an automobile accident, and I inherited my 13-year-old niece to raise. Wow, that's and a life had a, Yeah, she had a horse. And so <laughs> I ended up taking care of this horse. And I had taken some riding lessons as a child, but it just was, horses are very expensive, and it just wasn't something that my family could afford, really. So kind of gave that up and did music and a lot of other things. But I started taking care of this horse, and then my niece, of course, at 15, became less interested in horses. <laughs> I ended up with a horse and I had him for 17 years. Oh, he was a jumper and we won lots of beautiful championships and had a great time. And that was the beginning of my love for horses. Anyway, when I was married many years later to my current husband, we were on a trip to Denmark and they, the company always wants to keep me happy so that he's happy. And they decided to take me riding on Icelandic horses. And so we went to an island called Rume, which is off of the Jutland. And we rode for four hours on the beach, in the ocean, oh, wow. on the sand, in the woods. And I just never stopped laughing for four <laughs> hours. So I became enamored of the Icelandic horse. And um, we went to Iceland oh, within a month after that. And I came home with four horses. Oh, that's wow. I love how you make decisions. That is awesome. Well, it made sense to me because I fell in love with a stallion. And if you have a stallion, you should have a mayor. Well, sure. But then I needed a horse that was appropriate for my husband to ride. And so I bought just a regular pleasure horse, gelding. But then if my husband and I were off riding, then one horse would be left alone. And horses don't like to be alone. So I thought I needed four. You know, I think that makes perfect sense. I'm in that situation it, it, with one right now. And I'm like, I can't get one more. I need two more at least. I, yeah, yeah. I mean, you just, it, it, it made sense. To it me. does. So that's how, that was my <laughs> introduction to the Icelandic horse. And then two years later, my jumper died. He was 24. Oh. And I just decided to go completely Icelandic and have just really had a great time. They're incredible horses. When you were, when you were out riding on your first experience with them, what was it that you said you were laughing the whole time and just having a fun, a great time? And obviously yeah. the beach and the sand is awesome. But what was it about the horse that you were like, wow? Well, they have these five natural gates. And the one that everybody is attracted to is called the tolt. It's basically a fast walk. So it's very, very smooth. You have times when three hooves are on the ground, which keeps it fast or even. And in fact, in Icelandic shows, they have a class called the beer tolt, where you <laughs> hold a stein of beer and whoever spills the least wins. So, but it's fast. I mean, you can go 25 miles an hour at a tolt. Wow. So it's not, they have a lot of action in the front. 
on the Tolt. So it's just a kick to ride. They also have a gate called Flying Pace Gate, it's called in Icelandic, which is a lateral gate. So the hind and front legs on each side move together. And it's also quite smooth, and you can go 35 miles an hour at the pace. That's incredible. These are small horses, right? 13, 14 hands, and you're telling me they're going as quick as, you know, a thoroughbred racehorse. Yes, that's right. They're very sturdy. They can comfortably hold 30% of their body weight. They're just a special breed. They have had no breeding stock imported into Iceland for over a thousand years. So they're probably certainly one of the most purely bred horses in the world today and perhaps the most purely bred horse in the world today. And there's an international governing body that monitors the breeding of the Icelandic horse and an international stud book of the Icelandic horse. So you can learn the genealogy of your horse several generations back through this Icelandic stud book. And they also have incredibly calm temperament. I love that. So you said you had to find a, a gelding for your husband. Are they kind of a typical husband horse? I mean, what you would think of? Well, not in the sense that they're small. Okay. But they are docky. They're pretty sturdy guys. So that he would like, but it's not a tall horse. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not John Wayne on a Western <laughs> saddle. Sure. And the saddles. We do ride with a specific saddle because the horses are small and their backs are short. And because they have a lot of leg action in the front, you want to keep the shoulder free. Okay. So the saddle is typically set a little bit further back than, let's say, an English saddle would be. So the saddle is looks like a bit like an English dressage saddle. Okay. So no horn and keeps the shoulder free and is a little bit shorter than certainly much smaller than a Western saddle. But they do, the animals are kind of like dogs. I mean, when you walk to the paddock, they come to visit, they come to see you. They walk to you. They say, take me. I want to go. They're very friendly animals and very calm. I love that, that calm nature. and But they can move, though. They can really oh, they, they get can out of their be very way. fast. And the Icelanders like a fast horse. Okay. Americans tend to like them to be, at least the market I've seen so far, is mostly older women, you know, I'm going to say over 50, who still want to ride, mm-hmm. don't want to die, <laughs> uh, like a calm horse, like that it's shorter, closer to the ground. Sure. And so appreciate that temperament. I think that sounds lovely, but, you know, to have a quick responsive horse is, it's like the total package. Yeah. And you, the riding style is very dressage based. And in fact, I do have one combined training horse that's an Icelandic. He does not tolt, but he, we won two blue ribbons at our first dressage show. Oh, wow. So the training is very much dressage based. So why should people consider this breed? What can people do with Icelandics? So you can obviously oh, do trail riding and stuff. What else can you do? Anything with an Icelandic. You can compete. The community in the United States is growing. There are only about 5,000, less than 5,000 registered Icelandics in the United States. Last time I checked, there were 4,598, I think, okay. out of 9.2 million horses in the U.S. So <laughs> wow. there aren't a lot, and that, that would be a negative in the it's not as easy to find one and there aren't as many people in the U.S. who are qualified to train one. So if you get one and you don't know how to train the gates yourself, I think you should consider getting one that's already trained. But they're calm, they're friendly, their gates are fun to ride, mm-hmm. they're smooth, and they're versatile. Trail, They're the ultimate trail riding horse. They can be taught to jump. You can do dressage on them. They're great for people teach them tricks. You know, all the time, (laughs) you know, all those kinds of things, Uh, compete, race. I mean, I I just find them to be very versatile. They're hardy, they're healthy, 
this sounds a little bit cruel, but in Iceland, if the horse has a bad temperament or bad confirmation, it might be slaughtered and eaten. Sure. It's not well, com- they want yeah, to keep that comedy. breed pure. And- right, right. And they want to keep it healthy. Sure. And it used to be that they had to pay a fine if they exported a valuable stallion or mare. But now they don't have to do that. And there are some really fine stallions and mares in other countries. There are more Icelandics in Germany right now than there are in Iceland. Oh, wow. They say between 80 and 90,000 horses in Iceland for a country of 340,000 people. So, you know, that's a horse for every third person, third or fourth person. So it's the second most popular sport in Iceland. So everybody knows the horses, loves the horses. Anyway, they're so they're hardy, healthy, fertile, unlike our big horses in the States, which don't go into estrus if the light is uh, less than, I think, 15 hours a day. The Icelandic horses goes into estrus all year long. And they I know that from have to, huh? up there. Well, yeah, I go. I know that from personal experience because I had a baby in December. Oh, it was an oops, <laughs> oops, baby, oops, baby. But um, healthy and and did well. Excellent. So I, I just think they're a, they're a really great horse for anybody. And you said they're growing in the United States. That's pretty cool. What are people typically doing with them? Is it trail riding, or are they starting to infiltrate other? arenas? Yeah, we have gone from one or two competition tracks in the U.S. to I think now we have four or five or maybe even six. People are starting to build competition tracks. Um, We've just started a United States trainer certification through our national organization, the Icelandic Course Congress. Certainly people are trail riding them because they're smooth, calm, and you can get on from the ground. That really is so convenient as I'm not in my 20s anymore. I'm thinking my 16 one-hand horse takes a bit of a stretch, you know? Right. And I I mean, I've taken mine on the fox hunt and they were just totally wonderful. Oh, I love it. I want one. I'm dying to come over and go riding. This is awesome. (laughs) You are more than welcome to come anytime. (laughs) Well, and I am am actually considering that. So I'm going to be looking you up. But I have a 6'3 husband. Now, are they, because they are a smaller horse, are they able to handle a a regular sturdy sized man or maybe kind of a bigger guy? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, my trainer is probably 6'4 and 230 pounds. And because they can carry, a normal horse would probably carry 20% of its weight comfortably. But if you look at an Icelandic, they have really thick legs and thick bones. And so they can comfortably carry 30% and they weigh about between 750 and 850 pounds. So most Icelandics can carry easily 250 pounds. Okay. What a wonderful little little guy. I'm glad they're getting to be more popular. And you don't feel like you're on a small horse because their barrels are so big and their physique is so stocky that they take up your leg. I love learning about this horse. I am so excited about this. Well, so Virginia, you started Harmony Icelandics. That is your your farm. Is that correct? Yes. You tell me yes. your purpose. What is Harmony Icelandics? It was not my purpose to, to do what I'm doing, <laughs> which is training, selling, breeding. I have a club that started with five people and now we have 29. Wow. And we, have, we have events there and clinics, all kinds of things. But I started off uh, showing my horses at the Iowa Horse Fair and a gentleman came up to me and said, I want one of those. And he had a Pasafino. Oh, okay. And so I, he came out to the farm. This is probably two or three years ago in the summer and rode with me. And he ended up, I ended up importing some horses and he bought one of those. And then I sold the other one a couple of months later to someone else. And people started just calling me and wanting to ride and then they would want to buy one and I would have to try to find one. So I 
I found some in the United States and then people who I was buying them from told friends that I was selling horses. And so I kind of got to <laughs> know the Icelandic community in the U.S. And I now serve on three national committees, the Breeding Committee, the Education Committee, and I also have served on the Leisure Committee and that's the Regional Clubs Committee. And I serve on something called the Guidinger Committee, which is a guiding club, which is a breeding club. So it just kind of evolved. I train and uh, I went to Iceland last year and got my certification for something called Knappamerki, which is an Icelandic training system and just have tried to learn myself so that I can be better at educating others. Congratulations, Virginia. That is really, that's a big deal. Do you know how many certified trainers there are in the United States? Well, I'm far below many of them, but there are three HOLAR graduates. HOLAR is a university in Iceland that has a three-year program for Icelandic horse trainers, and it involves not only training, it involves horsemanship and shoeing. So they all learn how to shoe which I think probably helps them understand the movement of the horse better. And there are six levels of Kanapamerki. I've only passed three, and there are a few of us who have done that. Then there are several trainers in the U.S. that are certified by the German system, which is, you know, Icelandic horses are very popular in Germany. There are more Icelandic horses than big horses in Germany. And so the German system is also a very respected system. And uh, the American system, which is just about to be debuted next year, uh, is kind of a combination of the German and the Icelandic systems. The difference being that in the Icelandic system, every student is given a green horse, a horse to train, and they do an apprenticeship with a farm, and then they're judged on how much progress they make with this horse. No wonder things like that can take three years and, and all of that of training. Yeah. That's Once you're certified, you know your stuff, it sounds like. Right. And for the past five years, I've paid to bring my trainer over from Iceland twice a year for a week to 10 days. So I figured out that I've had about 800 hours of lessons now with him. And then last year I went to Iceland to do my my certification. So it's just been fun. I've learned a lot. Well, tell me what your goals are with this breed. So you're so passionate about it. You're showing, you're showcasing it, all of this. What do you want to, what's your goal here? My goal is to grow the Icelandic community in this area. This year, I'll show my horses at the Iowa Horse Fair, um, at the International Omaha, where I was last year, and the Midwest Horse Fair in Milwaukee. I just want people to know about them. There just aren't that many in the United States. And I think once people get to know the wonderful versatility and great temperaments of this horse, that everyone will want one. And, you know, as it grows, they'll become, we have clubs. And right now, I think I told you our club is called Topper. And we have 29 members and we go trail riding together and we hosted a show last year together. And it's just a wonderful social environment where people are friendly, who share a passion for the Icelandic horse. Well, so what does a great owner look like for this horse? What do you, do you need to be somebody who rides five or seven days a week? Oh, no, 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 no. I have one horse. He's my bomb proof guy. (laughs) I could probably ride him once a week. I think, you know, an owner can look like so many different things because there are so many different types of Icelandic horses. Some are competition horses and for someone who really wants to go fast and wants to compete and go places on it. But, you know, many owners are just trail riders and they just want to enjoy the leisure horse, which is fine too. So we have some youth in our club. Uh, We have, I think our youngest member is five or six. 
And then we have our oldest member is 79. We all have a great time together. Are they fairly finicky as far as eating goes? And you said they're extremely no. healthy, but okay. Yeah. So totally easy keepers. Many don't even require shoes. Oh, nice. They like to live in the pasture. They're not touched until they're four okay. in Iceland. They're not trained until they're four. And so they're happy to just be outside and very easy keepers. Uh, the average big horse eats about can eat about 3% of their body weight in hay every day. In Icelandic, usually 2%. So real easy keepers. Most of them don't need grain. And um, I grade my competition horses, also shoe my competition horses, mm -hmm. but they're real easy keepers. Okay. And you found a good farrier. Is it fairly easy to find a farrier who's capable of... You know what? I had my trainer come and teach my farrier oh. about chewing Icelandic horses. That's great. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, now my farrier, who has done a lot of gated horses, so I don't think it's that big of a deal. Okay. Just had him teach him. Well, perfect. Okay. And you said you have your trainer come over a couple times a year. This is, is it mummy? Yep, it is. Okay. Mummy. I love it. His name is Goodmunder, but we call him Mummy. Okay. I think I saw you and he at Horse Fair a couple years ago and you did a demonstration and it was just spectacular. Wow. It's oh, so amazing you. to see. Thank you. Yes. And you saw how big he is. He's a big guy. Yeah. You know, I just looked at your beautiful website and um, it's got a picture of him and I was like, oh yeah, yeah, that's a guy-sized <laughs> guy. He's fine. Yeah. <laughs> He's big. Yeah, he's a big guy. Yeah. yeah. So, Virginia, you do some breeding here, and there are probably other breeders in the United States. Is it typically something, though, that a person needs to ship an Icelandic horse over, or are they becoming more prevalent here to where you can purchase? You can, They are becoming, you know, sometimes you can get one that was imported by someone else several years ago, and that's ideal um, because you know that they've adjusted well to the United States, and the import costs can be up to $6,000, okay. which makes the price of the horse a lot more. There are are some reputable breeders. We are getting better breeding stock, mares and stallions. Uh, it just takes time. It just takes time. But there are some very fine American bred horses, and there are some horses that were imported by other people that are for sale. Just got to know where to look. Now, with Harmony Icelandics, do you guys raise, train, and sell, or do you raise yes. your own stock? I usually, I import, I just imported eight recently from Iceland. They're older. It's hard to find one that's well-trained that's a little bit older in the States right now, but it can be done. I've sold 12. What are some other things that you'd like to share about the Icelandic breed? I know we touched on a whole lot of stuff. We really did. And I'm just like super excited to come and learn more about this horse in person because you're close enough for me to do that. So I'm excited. Okay. Um, are there uh, any things we need to touch on that we missed? I don't think so. I just think once you ride one, you won't ever want to go back. <laughs> I love it. Well, Virginia, how can people learn more? Certainly they can go to my website or my Facebook page, HarmonyIcelandics.com, or the United States Icelandic Horse Congress is a good place to start. Their website is Icelandics.org. There's the World Stud book is called World Finger, and the international competition organization is FIFE. That's F-E-I-F. F-E-I-F. And their website, F-E-I-F, and their website is FIFE.org. Okay. So those are great places to start. Okay. Well, wonderful. And people can, like you said, we can check out your website and contact you and Facebook and look into that more to find out more about Icelandics here in the Midwest. Thank you. Okay. Yes, well, absolutely. Great. Virginia, thank you so much for your time. <laughs> You're welcome. Have a good day, Emma. Okay. You too. Bye-bye.
Thank you, Virginia and Harmony Icelandics, for taking the time to tell us why you believe in the Icelandic horse breed. As you could tell from our interview, Virginia loves to share and educate people about Icelandic horses. Please check out her website and Facebook page for more information. And if you're in the area, set up a time to go for a ride. Our show notes will point you in the direction of all things Icelandics. Thank you, Virginia, and thank you for listening to The Horse Cure. Thank you for listening to the Horse Cure Podcast, the podcast for those of us who know that horses really are the cure for all that ails you. You can find more information about each episode and more podcasts at thehorsecure.com and by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. 